All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Let me just grab my book bag. What's up? Okay, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you about how uh, this weekend I bought us this sweet piece of gear. I bought uh, a Behringer mixer for the show show podcast. Whoa. This sweet Where little thing. It? Well, that's part of the story. Ah. So I was all excited because we were going to be able to keep you and I on separate channels so I could listen on headphones and oh. we could, I could adjust our levels accordingly. And I could run a phone line directly into our uh, our audio feed so we could like maybe Skype with people during the podcast. We Whoa. could I could hook the keyboard up and we could have like direct- <laughs> A jam it, session? I was so excited to have all of these different uh, DIs right into the show show. Yep. Uh, and I could replace this little uh, device we've been using. That weak piece to, of crap. Which is okay, but I'm I've had joking. it for like it actually I've, sounds fine. I've man. had it for like nine years, and it's just it's it's a rudimentary piece of equipment. And I thought it was it, we put you know two hundred hours on this thing or whatever. <laughs> it's time to upgrade. It was only a hundred dollars. This mixer. So excited. Uh, I get home and it doesn't plug into a laptop. No. <laughs> you have to buy this whole other device for it to be compatible with a computer oh. you can use it to record but without plugging it into a computer it only plugs into like turntables so it's only good for like live mixing uh which is not what we do so damn it maybe someday i'll invest a little further but well, how had, much is the other piece i should just buy that piece no it's okay it was like 50 dollars for the other piece that's fine i'll buy that well i'll do a little more research and see what the best method is because and the other thing is it was kind of impulsive i just kind of saw it in best buy and i was like Oh, we have calls on our podcast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we intend to. Yeah, we do intend to. And maybe if we had uh, a better uh, piece of equipment for it, we'd mm -hmm. be more inclined to. If yeah. we heard it on the other end mm -hmm. and we heard what like a, a Skype feed sounded like on our podcast and we were like, that's pristine. So I don't even have to come over the bridge anymore to do this. That could be. <laughs> honestly, just, that's true. I can literally phone it in. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'll come in. No, but that, that's you make a good point. Like there could be times where you're like, "Man, I'm exhausted," or or it's blizzarding. Uh, sure, maybe maybe a case like that. Yeah, and we're like, "No, it has to be done today. <laughs> we gotta make deadlines." We're serious about these deadlines because HelloFresh will have our heads otherwise. <laughs> exactly. We promised them a Wednesday episode. So maybe sometime in the future, the podcast will sound better. I've also been noticing lately. Uh, recent episodes have had uh, a, a frustrating little hum in the background and I'm not and maybe that's part of the reason I was motivated to look at new gear I'm wondering if maybe what we have is starting to crap out yeah that's you oh that's sorry. you you had me for a second yeah. I was like I was like <laughs> while I'm talking about a humming from? is somebody really vacuuming <laughs> yeah um and so I've been hearing that and it's kind of annoying yeah I, maybe it's happening right now during the podcast I won't know until I listen back to this uh, meta I've moment I've listened to parts of the most recent ones I think and I don't think I've picked up on it but I'm really bad because like people always say like, Oh, how's the sound in those headphones? How's the sound in the, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It's good. Like I couldn't pick out anything wrong with Isn't it. Isn't that a good way to be? I think so. I don't know. I'm a happy idiot. I guess. You like those headphones? Yeah. The, the wireless ones that I have. Yeah. Cause I, um, I was, I thought about you today. I went for a little walk mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's like the nylon and the fur combination of my winter jacket, yep. but the white earbuds that come with every iPhone yep. are very like crackly when I wear that coat oh. to the point where like it sent me very aggressive shocks into my eardrum. Isn't that, I've had that before it's too. It's very troubling. Yeah. And so now it doesn't happen often. I think it was like once or twice, but the little crackling is a threat of another. And I'm like, I bet that it's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to get the superpowers. Uh, uh, so I've been thinking maybe I have to get some some Bluetooth. Yeah, they're nice, buds. and I think you can get some for pretty cheap. Like you can yeah. find like knockoff thirty dollar ones online that are just kind of nice to. Right, and I'm not like an audio aficionado. No, and you would still be more so than me. Maybe like you'd be able to tell people. I think the high end in this is a little whatever, whatever, and I'm like, what's the high end? Right, and what's the low end? I don't know. I don't know either. I can't even tell ends apart from each other anymore. One time I went uh, to, it was actually the Best Buy grand opening in Bears Lake. Mm -hmm. I was there with Corey LaRue, okay. uh, who's like an extremely successful and very young producer in Halifax yeah. and is uh, a friend of our radio station. Um, I think we were both working like this grand opening for whatever reason. And At Best Buy? Yeah, I was oh, working. You guys for, I was working for Cool FM at the time. Okay, I yeah. was doing promo, and I think he was like remote tech. Yep. for like 
Caroline Parker or something. Yeah. That's how I remember it. Um, but we were like looking around the sound gear section they had in this Best Buy, which was not present in the previous Best Buy that we had in Dartmouth Crossing. Uh, and he was talking to this Best Buy employee and pretending to not know anything about audio. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a professional audio engineer. Right. And everything the guy said to Corey to get him to buy these headphones was incorrect. Really? He's just lying. Uh, and we had a good laugh. I should just that. start asking Corey when I need stuff like that. Corey recommended these microphones and right. that and that little machine there. But even like just headphones to like kick around with? Yeah, he could tell you. Nice. Definitely he could. He'd be happy to. I think, except for that he's a professional. Yeah. So So he know. might charge me as well. Charge you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Uh, Golden Globes the other night. Did you see any of the Golden Globes? Yes, I did. I saw quite a bit of it. And yeah, I watched uh, the whole damn broadcast. How was that? It was weak. It was yeah. boring. It wasn't great. I, I mean, I very inspiring at times. I'm sure the mood was great. I, I love the the wear black thing and the Time's Up pins. Obviously, I'm, I'm in support of that. But the show was not entertaining. Yeah. Did anyone actually stay home? Did anyone say make a point of being like it's this important important to me that i'm going to not show you up boycott but like boycott the award ceremony yeah, of the industry that up. has so much toxicity in it no because because yeah. that that's not how you reclaim your industry that's that's fair i mean besides rose mcgowan who by the way uh announced today that <laughs> she she's boycotted. look at my cat playing the piano right now yeah i saw um, she's selling her house she's selling her house to fund her harvey weinstein lawsuits wow she's, yeah, she's, she's going for she's, it she's in deep for sure Mm-hmm. I mean, highlights from the night. Obviously, Oprah was really great. We can talk about that in a second. Uh, you Fran- can. I have no idea. Yet. All right. Frances McDormand had one of the best speeches of the night. Did she? She won for three billboards. She also tried to like shoe a camera. I wasn't sure what I what I think about Frances McDormand anymore. Really? Because there's a camera right in front of her um, when Sam Rockwell was up there giving his speech. Yeah. And she was like very she she wasn't like looking at the camera, but she was like waving him away. Right. And I was like, I don't know that I like that. I don't know. I just, just wonder. Weird. I just wonder if it's part of her serious hard ass shtick. Yeah. Like she's even in her speech, she was like no nonsense, but also very winning and funny. Yeah. Do you think this is why David O. Russell uh, freaked out at her? So that's famously? Lily Collins. Oh damn it! <laughs> Frances McDormand from like all. Yeah. The no, co- I, I know okay. Frances McDormand. All the all the Cohen movies. And... Yeah. She's married to Joel Cohen. Is she? Yeah. Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. That's why. All the cargo. Gotcha. Uh, Lily Collins is the one who David O. Russell screamed at. Okay. Yes. Lily Collins. Oh, yeah. They kind of remind me of each other, though, don't they? Does that make sense? I don't know. Do they? They don't me. They don't you. No. Okay. Well, let's forget about it and move on. Guillermo del Toro had a really good speech. He told them to stop playing the music. That was really cool. Oh, awesome. That was a good and, moment. And he did? I, I didn't see this this speech. Yeah. Basically, he's like they started the music right away. And he's like, guys, this took 25 years. Don't start the music. Ah, that's awesome. And everybody cheered. And then they lowered the music and they let him finish, which was kind of cool. Um, I've heard, I didn't know that he had such a body that fun built. As one of our former former coworkers would say, body that fun built. You didn't know he was like a big fat fatty. No. Oh yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he's a big man. Yeah, he's a, a very big man, and he doesn't look like he is hardcore. Is he Mexican? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. Mexican. Yeah. He like he, I I was like, who is this guy? Like nothing about him screamed Guillermo del from having heard him on so many things. Yeah. When I finally saw him, I was like, that's Guillermo del Toro. They were talking about him on the, the Bill Simmons podcast today about how he's part of the trifecta of Mexican directors. And one of the other ones, Who was they on said the Bill Simmons podcast today. It was just uh, some of the guys. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, and they were talking about uh, Bill's top 10 favorite movies of the year. Oh, cool. Uh, and so him and Inuritu, and then I can't remember who the other one was, but that was a good episode of the, of nice. the pod, as he calls it yeah. on the pod, <laughs> on the pod. Um, Shape of Water. I I don't know if I have interest in Shape of Water. I can't decide. You know what's funny is one of my one of Jen's best friends uh, boyfriends um, at the time, no longer, but he was an actor in Toronto. Okay, where this movie was being filmed, and he actually was an extra on it. Cool. And he was like to the point where he was getting. He ended up getting a line, mm-hmm. and he was like like Guillermo was giving him direction. Direction. Cool. Like he was being directed by Guillermo del Toro, and he said like it was such an amazing experience. It was like so awesome. He hoped it ended up staying in. So I'm really anxious to see the movie. Just you to know see this if he guy, gets... yeah. Like yeah. like I mean, he lives in Toronto, sure. and I probably won't ever see him again because he doesn't date the. Jen's but you'll know him anymore. to see him. Oh yeah. yeah, I'll be like, oh my god, that's Denny cool. saying his line or whatever. That's very cool. Being in the movie, I think it stands 
to be in well, like one of the front runners. I don't know if it's going to win. Yeah, I think so, it's I think it's going to be Lady Bird or Three Billboards. So it didn't. Did it win? What won Best Picture? Was it Three Billboards? Uh, at the Globes. Well, they have a, a Best Picture for drama, drama and for comedy. So yeah. it was those two. It was Lady Bird and and Three Billboards. Right. Uh, Guillermo won Best Director. Right. That was okay. another great moment, uh, and, and no uh, discredit to him, mm-hmm. uh, but when they were presenting the best directors, reading the nominees, Natalie Portman interjected, and she said, and here are the all-male directors, all oh, the all-male nominees. That was right. a great moment, too. Uh, I mean, the, the Franco moment was a good speech. We can talk about Franco more in a second. Uh, brushing off Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Letting him go on stage at all was a nice thing to do. I think so, too. To say that he was rude to Tommy Wiseau and didn't give him his moment is ridiculous. It was Franco's there, prize. There was a whole Vulture uh, article about the different ways that that could have went. And it's like, he also brought Dave Franco up onto stage. It's nice. And didn't, you know, it was just kind of like a, a nice thing. I didn't see the actual, like, I watched it live, but I don't think I noticed the moment where he was, like, pushing... Tommy Wiseau off. Basically. He doesn't push him off. Like he he lets him come up on the stage. He gives him a hug. Yeah. And then Tommy leans into the microphone, and James just kind of puts out his hand, like, like and he laughs, just kind of like, no, hang on, hang on. Like right. he knows there's only going to be forty seconds. Well, and I read there's it's other not things, aggressive. There's other things where he had cause to be concerned if if Tommy did end up going on mic because he's got a history of like saying ridiculous things. You can't let and him go on live TV. No, no. And and I'm sure people asked him to not let Tommy go on live TV. Right. So all those things together. Other highlight, uh, Greta Gerwig uh, Mm -hmm. accepting the prize for best picture. At the end, it's not actually her award. The two nominees are these producers, these funders. I always find it weird when best picture, which is supposed to be the most exciting prize of the night, is accepted by these people you don't recognize. Right. It's so weird. Uh, But thankfully, uh, one of the guys said the only person who should speak for Lady Bird is Greta Gerwig so she got up and she was so genuinely excited that's awesome and that's really what you want to see and that was her first movie it's like yeah it's, first it's, her, it's the first movie she's uh, written and directed by right. herself and yes. what what films was she in before that because she's an actor yeah she was in um, 20th Century Women and she was in like a couple of the Noah Baumbach movies because there are a couple she's in like Greenberg right and uh, I'm trying to think what else she's She's good. She was in the Arthur remake with Russell Brand. That's actually what I know her most from. Really? It's yeah. unfortunate that that's my my drop for her. Yeah. She's a very good artist. But okay. um, she's very charming and she's very, very good artist because right. I loved Lady Bird. Uh, and then Oprah. We should talk about Oprah. Um, great speech. You watched it. Yeah. And she had a great speech. Great speech. Was it anything now, like I'm picturing, if I watch this speech based on what I've heard, it is just going to absolutely drop my jaw you know what i'm going to be dumbfounded by what i'm hearing part of it is it's been a year since obama was the president Mm -hmm. it's like we haven't heard a good speech in a while right yeah that's fair you know yeah uh she's great and and like she she knew that thing and like oprah's always been good at talking yeah and she said all the right things and it was very triumphant and it was Mm -hmm. very um inspiring Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Now she's running for president. No, she's not. <laughs> this is such an annoying thing. That's I, this is going to fizzle out and die. People are re- realizing already that, that we jumped the gun on this. Yeah, we need Oprah to be Oprah. Yep. Uh, it's better if she can, you know, speak her mind and not have to play politics. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't need another celebrity in there. No. And and to say worst. this is where we are now, we just have to accept it. Why not put up the best celebrity? That's a f- a poor excuse. Yeah, that's awful. It's and I don't awful. like it. Who nominated her best celebrity? I mean, she has I'm done... talking Clunes 2020, baby. I want to see <laughs> pranks in the White House. For a billionaire, she has done a lot of to, to stand up for the middle class yes. or the and lower I, class. I think she came from nothing. And I think she's probably... Don't point your finger at me when you say that. <laughs> uh, you don't realize the yeah. struggle of Oprah. Hey, Oprah came from nothing, man. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. Um, and I, I think she's... she's um, she knows the system a lot better than others probably do. Well, look, I mean, it, given like, the choices, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I don't think could step in there. Thank you. And she's a better business person. She's you're right. definitely smarter you're than right. Dwayne you the Rock me. Johnson. Um, and given the choice between her and Donald Trump, of course, the it's obvious one right. is a better person, right? Uh, but it's just a very slippery slope. If we're just going to say it has to be our our entertainment uh, people who are also our yeah. world leaders, and not our world leaders, but the world leaders. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think people realize in this climate you can like somebody without them having to without be president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop nominating everyone for the president. Yeah. She didn't ask okay. for it. Either. She's even said before, no, no, never. Uh, Terry Crews played the president in a movie called Idiocracy. Okay. And I just listened to a podcast. Uh, Idiocracy, that's on a familiar him. term. It's a, uh, it's a movie that um, uh, the Mike Judge made yeah. in like 2000. Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it, Okay, but it's supposed to be really good. And right. it kind of like forecasts a lot of things. Um, and when Trump first won the president, it was a little bit hotter at the time because although okay. it came out in like 2006, okay. possibly earlier. It's about like a famous blowhard becoming president. Uh, no, it's about a guy traveling to the future and like everyone, like the the world is run by like Coca Cola and um, yeah, this idiot's the president yeah. and I think he's like a former wrestler or something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. This is all just a segue for, uh, for me to say, A, I have to watch it. And B, he was just on the Tim Ferriss podcast, Terry Crews. Yes. And man, I, I knew that going into it, I was like, uh, I guess I could listen to Terry Crews. I don't know what he's going to say. I'm sure he's probably got some cool stories. Yeah. Probably, man, the stories that this guy has. Cool guy. Are, it's insane. Yeah. He, yeah. he talks about like playing in the NFL and being an art major and like designing this furniture that he just started designing. Cause mm-hmm. he's like a super creative guy to a story about him, like beating his own dad up because yeah. his dad beat his mom up. And then like the forgiveness and the therapy and the being addicted to porn is another aspect of it. Oh, I don't think I knew. About yeah. That apparently yeah. it's in his book and stuff. And he talked about it a little bit and just basically said, he's like, had to go to rehab for it. But. Another great Terry Crews appearance. Do you ever watch Hot Ones with Sean Evans? No, but I saw that was his uh, on Instagram. That was actually his his Instagram bio. Yeah, he it's had an amazing thing. time on that podcast. Like they just go up the scale, eating hotter and hotter wings, and and he's, he's like a, screaming. He's also a great uh, interviewer, Sean Evans, and he Terry Crews hallucinates the wing sauce gets so hot. He like gets dizzy. No, and he tells this beautiful story about like how. He was having a really hard time relating to his son. Yeah. His son was like really into computers. Okay. And he didn't know anything about computers. He's like a macho guy. Right. And so he learned about computers and together he and his son built a computer. Wow. Just like to bond with his son. It was a beautiful story. It's amazing. He's a good guy. Yeah. Definitely a good man. Yeah. And he's even like, he he says at one point, he's like, you know, one thing I struggle with is being you know kind of a narcissist that's one thing that's like any to be so transparent yeah to actually say that makes me think he's not a narcissist at all to be aware of your fault or your yeah. faults like that yeah yeah I mean, he's not going up there saying he's a very uh stable, stable genius genius you know no. i haven't seen that quote uh irl yet i've just seen it on like headlines yeah it's wild <laughs> you're, you're reading that. it correctly it's yeah. not being inflated no of course not it was a it was a wild week for the president. This was one of the one of the wilder weeks we've had in a little while. Him not knowing the national anthem, him calling himself a stable genius. <laughs> that happened this week. I thought that happened. The national anthem like, was like two days ago. Yeah, where? Uh, at some football game or basketball game or something. Uh, it was a sporting. Oh yeah, event. it was the national college yeah. championship. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and somebody uh, just recirculated the time. This is old, but somebody just recirculated the clip of him. Uh, accidentally calling 911 that was that was a good one that was a good moment we forgot about uh he also but the clip surfaced of him saying in like 1988 that if he ever ran for president he'd choose oprah as his vp oh that's interesting yeah he said so, this week that he would beat oprah he said he said i hope oprah runs it'd be, i don't think she will but it'd be fun to beat oprah oh my god what an asshole it would be fun to beat Oprah. Hey, we should talk about James Franco. Sure. While he's still sort of uh, oh, yeah. on the hot seat. He's got some allegations. Well, he has some allegations and they came out like immediately after uh, he won the Golden Globe. They've kind of been going around anyway, yeah. but Ali Sheedy, of all people, of John Hughes fame, kind of oh. uh, shone the spotlight. Of John Hughes fame and what? She what? was the basket case in Breakfast Club. Oh, really? Yeah, and okay. she's in... Uh, I think she's in San Elmo's Fire, which is not John Hughes. But anyway, she's been she was part of the Brat Pack. Yeah. Uh, she made some vague tweets about yeah. about early on in the Golden Globes. She's made some tweets about how like uh, James Franco and Christian Slater are part of the reason she's not in Hollywood anymore. Wow. And then James Franco won, and she's like, and now James Franco won. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I saw I, I saw it said like. James Franco just won. Please don't ever ask why I left Hollywood. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So that's weird. 
And then that invited a few other people to come on Twitter and tweet uh, varying degrees of, of uh, vague things, accusations about him directing them in nude scenes. And and I don't know, Becky and I just had a long conversation about, about this and, and the dangerous territory of gray areas mm-hmm. when we're talking about these varying crimes yeah uh, some of some of which are rightfully costing uh men their careers and other cases that are milder i know you're not supposed to say that matt damon got in trouble for saying that but there are varying degrees of crime here right all of them resulting in uh women being horribly mistreated but mm-hmm. at to varying degrees um and so he went on colbert last night he was scheduled to be on colbert anyway right and they they have a history a rapport uh, and they had a great first segment, and then after the commercial, uh, I guess they had uh, pre-discussed that they were going to address this. I don't know if Colbert said, "Listen, I'm going to hit you with this," yeah. or if James said, "Listen, I need you to hit me with this right. so I can talk about it." Mm-hmm. This very clunky four-minute segment where uh, Colbert doesn't really know how to ask the questions, right? And James really doesn't know how to answer them. Oh God, I I, I read the. The article about it. And, yeah, and I've seen I've seen it twice now. James does a better job than I realized the second time. I think mm-hmm. he's just like I've seen a lot of him doing disaster artist press in the yeah. last little while, and he's gotten those answers down pat. Right, and so he's speaking a little bit more off the cuff here, but he's very genuine. Um, I can't decide whether I can see in his eyes that he knows he's guilty or not, but he does say the accusations are inaccurate. Right, and in regard to Ali Sheedy, he he seems he's believable at least when he says, "I have no idea what I did to Ali Sheedy." He says, "I really? directed her in a play. I thought we had a great time, and I have nothing but respect for her." Yeah. but she took the tweet down, so I can't speak for her. And I thought that made a lot of sense. Right. As for the other ones, I mean, there was the weird thing a couple years ago where he uh, kind of moved in on a seventeen-year-old girl on Instagram. Oh, okay. But if you you can read the screenshots of that of uh, that. Uh, back and forth mm-hmm. he does bail when he realizes she's not 18 <laughs> okay yeah. which still creepy him thinking she's 18 right but it's not criminal and it's not abuse and is it creepy thinking someone's 18 when they're i mean i don't know like sometimes aren't like victoria's secret models 18 yeah and you're not like that's an 18 year old girl you're like that's a i mean i don't know i don't know what she woman. looked like in her instagram pictures sure um, but she was there at a fan event or something and he found her on Instagram. He looked up his hashtag or something right. and saw her and was like, she's cute. I'm going to flirt with her on Instagram private right. message. And then he realized later she was 17 mm-hmm. and he got out of there and he talked about that on Howard Stern. I think I'm remembering that correctly. Okay. It's definitely weird, mm-hmm. but I think that's part of what opened the door to maybe this guy's creepy. And then you realize after the fact, hang on, he's always been creepy and that's part of his charm unless he really is creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. He's I mean, got like this kind of like slimy nature to him that's almost charming unless it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, if you're a single celebrity and you're going on Instagram to find a hot girl that was in the crowd to try And is to, a fan of yours. And is a fan of yours. And you talk to her. I don't, is that that creepy? She was that like she was at an event for you. Yeah. Who's the creepy one? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Except for that looking at her. Whether sure. she's 17 oh, or 18, age. she probably looks too young for him, right. who's like 31 at the time. Sure, yeah. Did yeah. I say anything I'm going to rue tomorrow? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Did I? No. Okay. You're always smooth. <laughs> uh, Atlanta season two, the trailer is out. Yeah, why is it called Robin season? I don't know. I, I I'm didn't trying hear to figure that. that out. Robin season? Yeah, it's like Atlanta Robin season. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. R-O-B-B-I-N. I'm excited for that. That's good. That's yeah, one of the shows awesome. that seems to be taking like full two-year breaks between that's catching on that's happening more and more that was out last year though wasn't it it's 2018 now that was 2016 before okay so end of 2016 well i think donald had to take some time off to do solo and to get his uh deadpool project off the ground because he's doing the animated deadpool right so he's a busy guy Mm mm-hmm uh, four months away from Solo. We talk about that a lot. We don't need to go into how it's probably going to be bad, but still no press. There might be a trailer this Friday. Oh, interesting. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown's going to do uh, a movie in which she plays the youngest sister of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. Okay. Enola is her name. Not excited for that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Like, 
who's who's playing Sherlock and Mycroft? I just think it's I don't know if like, anybody is. This is a story about Enola. Oh, it's specifically about her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not excited about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I feel like just like period pieces in general. It takes a lot to get me. Yeah, excited. you've said that before. Yeah. Can you think of a period piece besides Dunkirk that you really love? You know what I watched the other day and. I kind of just watched it because I heard Paul Thomas Anderson on the Bill Simmons podcast. Good one. Was uh, There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. I've never, never seen there will never be blood. seen it. And I, I started watching it, and it honestly kind of made me uneasy. Really? I don't know why. Like, this was years ago. I started watching it. I think I got like 20 minutes through, and I was mm-hmm. like, what is this movie? I don't think I well, can go for it. the weirdest director... Yeah. The most uncomfortable subject matter. Do you think he's and the weirdest director? He's among the weirdest mainstream directors. Like, he, I mean, uh, mainstream, He's he makes art films and he's never won a major prize. But right. But like, yeah, he's a weird director. Of course he's a weird director. Yeah, it seems like he must be a weird guy. Yeah. His interview seemed kind of normal. Yeah, it seems like a cool guy. You know, he's married to Maya Rudolph. No. Yeah. I, I might have known that at one point, but yeah. totally forgot. And like... Uh, Bill Simmons called him, I think, the finest director of his generation. Right. Today, which yeah, is probably he lo- up there. He loves him. He loves Boogie Nights, which I find really weird. Boogie Nights. The thing about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson it's like movies. like the saddest, darkest movie ever. Like, I don't, I've never seen Magnolia. I think that's said to be one of those movies you're supposed to see a few times to really fully appreciate it. Yeah. I've never seen a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie uh, or been near one that seemed to me like something you'd want to see more than once. Right. But but you know what? There will be blood. I it wasn't as it was dark. Yeah. But it there. I, I don't know. I got through it a lot easier this time. I think it's because it, it's been so public over like since two thousand seven or eleven when right. it was nominated for best picture. It's it's some people's favorite movie ever. Like, I know there are a number of people who say that's their number one. Pete Holmes said it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not the one that's based on the Cormac McCarthy book, right? That's No Country for Old Men. Yeah, I think so. Which one's the is one? Is it Cormac about... McCarthy? He wrote The Road. So is that? Did he write both of those? Or am I thinking of? I I don't know. I know Michael Ondaatje. No, that's the English Patient. Yeah, it's based on uh, on a short story about like men in the oil field. It's about it's about an oilman, right? In like the early 1900s. So they say Phantom Thread is amazing. I think maybe we because you and I have been kind of off the the DDL train. Not that we were ever really on it. Yeah. Well. I mean, this kind of put me, watching There Will Be, Will Be Blood put me on the DDL train a little bit. And I realized he's also the butcher, Bill the Butcher in Gangs of New York. Yeah. And he's amazing in that. Yep. I mean, he's amazing in everything he does. Yes. That's what's annoying about him. fanboys about yeah. it. Yeah. And I like Wikipedia to him afterwards too, because I'm like, I just want to know, like, what does he even look like in normal life? Yeah, he was on the Globes the other night and he's completely bald, like Mr. Clean bald. No. And he has a, an earring. Like Mr. Clean. <laughs> right. I think he always kind of had the earring. Maybe. Anyway, he, he did look cool AF. Like, he, he was very interesting. He almost looks like a bit of a surfer dude sometimes. Like, he's like sometimes he's just rocking the long hair, and he's got, like, a kind of a Hawaiian shirt going on. Right, but, on like, and... when he and his wife have, like, their best friend couple coming come over for Saturday dinner, like, what do they talk about? What does he do? I just picture him, like, like eating under the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, like, putting his own spin on it. Like, this is what I'm doing Right. Now. Or do they have jello shots and play cranium? Like, maybe... Maybe they're really maybe normal. Maybe it's just a totally normal thing. Maybe that's why he's retiring because everyone thinks he's crazy. Yeah, maybe that's it. Anyway, I'm, I'm curious to see Phantom Thread. Me too. I'm uh, also curious to see Inherent Vice. Did you see that? Yeah, that's PTA. Yeah. Was yeah. that weird? I forgot about that movie. No, I didn't see it. No. Oh, you did? I don't really know anything about it. Neither do I. Yeah. I forgot he made that movie. I think yeah. that kind of went way under the radar. I think it did. did. Well, I, I don't know. I think it got nominated for some things. Maybe. Anyway, we should watch it. We should just... All right. I kind of want to do a deep dive on PTA now. You want to do a Paul Thomas Anderson podcast? <laughs> uh, Pod Thomas Anderson. That's what yeah, Very good. Yeah, if that doesn't exist already, nah. iTunes is missing out. Uh, American Idol is coming back soon. Oh my God. I hate these little show maps they make for us. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, they've decided their uh, ABC reboot of American Idol is not going to include any of the bad auditions. You know how that was like part of the charm of the early seasons? What? Yeah. Why would you watch it if not to make fun of mentally ill people? So it's it's basically just the voice. I don't but think also, it's funny to make fun it, of mentally ill Was it you and I that were talking about how there, does anyone know a winner of The Voice? Like, can I, I can't it? name a single no, winner. No one ever I mean, knows besides Adam Levine, who, who really the won The Voice. Right. Um, no, I can't name anyone. And, and American Idol is not going to either. Although I do find it interesting that ABC is putting it right up against the voice. I think that's smart. Oh, ballsy. Yeah. 
I think that's the only thing they can do. Let's either take their crowd or die on this hill. Because there's only one crowd. Yeah. Well, if there's only one crowd, why not put it somewhere else? I don't know. What's the right move, ABC? They still have Dancing with the Stars. Why are they even going down this road? <laughs> I don't know. Good Lord. Uh, so William Hung spoke up and said he thinks it's a mistake that they're not going to show the bad auditions. Good on him. Which I think shows a lot of self-awareness, which I appreciate. What do you think he's doing now? Uh, probably conventions. Yeah. Probably like the William Hung tour or something, the uh, casino tour. It's like motivational speaking. Yeah, She Bangs, yeah. the sequel or something. Mm-hmm. He made that song more famous than Ricky Martin did, honestly. I think so, too. <laughs> so that was a moment in time. Yep. And because that uh, show was so novel at the time, he became A-list famous for a short time. Oh, yeah. He was, like, even Sanjaya. Had like, those album. guys, unbe- yes, albums. Yeah. Unbelievably famous. Yep. <laughs> Sanjaya. We talked about him last week. Yeah, why does Sanjaya keep coming up? I don't know. We could probably get him on the podcast. <laughs> we should call him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Bojack Horseman, this is kind of interesting. It's being shopped around uh, to sell to cable in syndication wow it's a very rare thing for netflix they're gonna take the episodes that have already aired and, and sell them to like let them go to tnt or something yeah or tbs or spike or something wow i don't think spike exists anymore i think it's something else now no, i think but it's still spike i think it's called something else i think oh, it okay. rebranded all right maybe not though no i i actually have no idea i don't know why i sound, sounded so defiant about that flight of the concords hbo special confirmed by jermaine clement whoa that's kind of fun like a just a one one-off special thing i think so cool. i don't know if they're gonna write new material or if they're just gonna come out and sing a half an hour of classic songs that we all love well i remember before they released the last season they did an hour long um it was like a 45 minute yeah. on stage thing so was that, was that the one with jenny remember jenny that was my all-time yeah. favorite flight of the concords bit jenny what was that song what was it's it's like what was it eight that minutes did? it's like an eight minute story and the premise is uh he doesn't remember her and she keeps saying all these uh, brett plays jenny and she keeps saying all these very specific things and he's trying to pretend that he knows who she is <laughs> oh yeah it's so funny it is funny. it never they were never able to squeeze it into they didn't the show. use it in the show but they <laughs> use like every other song from that show Maybe the first the season show. of that show really special oh yeah the second season i don't even think I saw past the first episode. Yeah, me too. Which I feel bad about. I feel like I should have just followed it through. They're doing okay. Brett McKenzie has an Oscar. Yeah. Jermaine Clement is like a really, he's doing fine he's, as an indie director. He's, he's so on brand. He was in uh, Moana. Yeah. Was, was it Moana? Yeah. Yeah. He did. Uh, That's got to be good. Shining. Yeah. I love that I'm not song. worried about either of those guys. No. So that's exciting. Doing great. Uh, really, really excited about this. This Friday letterman's new show hits netflix oh that's you know this friday this? that's quick. yes yeah we first, talked about this first episode barack obama is his oh guest oh my god oh his guests are sweet barack obama tina fey howard stern uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool seinfeld uh no seinfeld first go round. i'm sure okay. it'll happen eventually because right. they're pals yeah um it's called my next guest needs no introduction Okay. Which is a, a long title, but it works. So it's all about the guest, really. It's an hour-long talk thing in like a theater. Whoa! Uh, there's oh, a little, there's a with little trailer the crowd with a crowd. Oh wow! Which I love. Yeah. Can you can you believe like if you asked me five years ago between Jay Leno and David Letterman who after their retirement will come back with another talk show? You know <laughs> what I ever have said, David Letterman. You know what I don't love about that though is I like the idea. Like I've I want to know how long ago that happened. Now that I know there's an audience, like there's people out there that have witnessed this. And yeah, could, there's like, somebody on Reddit who are saying they were in the audience for the Clooney episode. Right. Yeah. And I would prefer if it was just like, oh, no, they did this the other night. And it's like super topical and quick released and they can. I think it's about careers. It's about the full. Sure. So it's not it. just talking about whatever. And they're probably all done in the last month. Like you hear podcasts sometimes that are like, like I'm still hearing podcasts that were taped in December. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. They're like, what are you talking about? It's 2018. I think Dave needs an audience who appreciates his sly sense of humor so it doesn't just turn into Barbara Walters. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. Sitting in a fake living room. Kind of excited for that. I think it's going to be good. This is the best thing about the new David Letterman show, though. Mm -hmm. The model, unlike most Netflix dumps, one episode per month. Oh. Which I love. Yeah. I think it's great. Like, oh, it's David Letterman week. He's back this week. Right. Every month you get a new one to just kind of sit with. Right. That's cool. I think it's great. It's kind of like I need to still catch up on comedians cars getting coffee. That was just dumped on Netflix. Netflix. So I'm thinking the new episodes are gonna yeah. gonna fall on there pretty soon. That is yeah. very good. They uploaded every episode of that show except for the Louis C. K. one. 
<laughs> no way. Which is kind of odd. Yeah. Just just put it up there. Yeah. It exists. Don't they still have his specials on there? <laughs> well, like, why are we pretending Louis C.K. doesn't, doesn't exist? Lived. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Probably because Netflix wants to do another special with him and they just want to, like, wait it out. No, not, I don't think they're going to do too much another special with Louis C.K. No? No. You think it's done for Louis? I, I don't. I kind of do, yeah. Really? Yeah. I think, I think. look, Louis has experience releasing stuff on his own. He'll mm-hmm. do, next special he'll do, he'll put on his website. Yeah. And he'll give yeah, it away true. for free. Or he'll charge and he'll give money to a woman's uh, shelter or some kind of, like, sure. advocacy group, which would be the right thing to do. It's He's still, I mean, past his prime now. He'll never be the greatest comic in the world again. Right. Uh, well, but I yeah, don't know. No, but no, he's he's not going to ask anybody to tell him, no, we're not interested. No. I don't know, man. We can make like a three-year bet on this. Okay. I think in three years, Louis is back, back to normal. Wow. Bold. Helena Bonham Carter cast as Princess Margaret in seasons uh, three and four of The Crown. Jumping a few years in the future. Helena yeah, I Bonham believe Carter going to play Margaret. That's all I have to say about that. Alex <laughs> Trebek Tim is directing it. Yeah, no kidding. Johnny Depp is playing everybody else. <laughs> Alex Trebek is on sick leave. He had to have blood clots removed from his brain. No. He's 77. That's I checked the other day. He's older than I would old have thought. Host. Yeah. yeah. He's been around a long time. He is still so good at that show. Yep. Becky and I watch Jeopardy every day. There is a guy that uh, that we know that was on The Price is Right the other day. I will show you some clips of it. It's Somebody that I know was on The Price no, is Right? No, sorry. Someone that we know. I, I meant like Jen and I. Oh. It's like Jen's brother's best friend, Grant. Is this not the same guy who was in The Shape of Water? No. Okay. Different. I know. I wow. have all of these. You and your connections. Connections through like three <laughs> other people. That's very Anyways, cool. Anyways, the video is hilarious. Does he like, does he get uh, come on down? He freaks out. Yeah. He, he gets the come on down. Yeah. He, he gets up on stage, gets to spin the big wheel. Like he, he has the triple play, doesn't win anything, but. It's amazing. That's very cool. Like they call his name and he's in the front row mm-hmm. and he does the thing where he like lies back in his seat and pretends like he's just like freezing and like convulsing. He does a little theater. Yeah. And cool. and people freak out. Like all his friends start jumping up and down. So it's is amazing. it just an illusion? Does he know ahead of time they're going to call his name or is it really a surprise and they could call anyone in the audience? I think it's really a surprise, but they kind of do a screening of everyone on the way in. Right. And they want the people who are like live wires, you know? Yes. So you know how to play it. Like right. you got to be quick and you got to be funny and you got to be like... Got to have some Red Bull before you pull into that's that That's right. Line. And it, it like he plays it perfectly on stage too. Like, right. Yeah. It's great. That's fun. Good for him. Yeah. I'm sad he didn't win anything. I know. I'll did show you, you clips though. It's amazing. Did you hear about Brad Pitt and what he spent on Amelia Clark or what he tried to spend on Amelia Clark? Who, it was this who, like celebrity auction, right? Who's Amelia Clark? Uh, the mother of dragons. Oh, okay. There's this like celebrity auction, like all kinds of like <laughs> you fancy. Can buy famous people? Yes. Rich people like just like shelling out money. It's just like a charity auction, I think. Okay. And one of the prizes is watch an episode of Game of Thrones with Amelia Clark. Oh my God. And the, the bid starts at like $30,000. And so he bids and he, this other guy bids and he bids and so Brad Pitt is like, yeah, he wants this prize so bad right and so like it's kind of funny like anybody who likes game of thrones and has tons of money might do this it's for charity anyway uh-huh. he probably showed up intending to spend lots of money he bids eighty thousand dollars on yeah. watching game of thrones with amelia clark and then nobody outbids him and he bids ninety thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> he outbids himself by 10 grand and then somebody else joins in jumps in and they and they bid up a little higher you know five grand at a time or whatever and then kit harrington shows up and sits down with Amelia Clark, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'll get in on this." Brad Pitt raises it to 120. He's like, "Oh, I want to watch with both of these people." Oh, Which, by the way, amazing. nobody is nobody is talking about that in the blogs. They're all saying he creepily tried to get Amelia Clark alone in a room. He just wanted to watch the show with people on the show. Okay, he's a fan of Game of Thrones. Give right. him a freaking break. Uh, and he didn't win, unfortunately. He didn't win. Some, someone, someone else, just someone less handsome and richer than Brad Pitt. One for $160,000. With Kit Harrington too? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun story. Although it did kind of like occur to me, like, is this his chance to date Amelia Clark? Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's very charming. She's very, very cute. Totally. Yeah. And, and he's, he's single right now? I think so. Why isn't that bigger news? 
I think because he's like 50. And Is he just like running rampant around Hollywood? I don't know. I dating? think he's probably, he must be more mature than that now. Yeah, probably. Isn't he? He's a father of 12 or something. It's like I've had Jennifer and Angelina. What? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think at one point. Yeah. yeah uh, right. What What TV show would you most like to watch with the stars of that TV show? Ooh. I think it would have to be a comedy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be the thing to do? Unless that's awkward. Like, there are so many awkward comedians who are like, oh, I can't watch this. Yeah, or, sure. And, like, especially, like, I'm not going to watch Parks and Rec with Aziz Ansari if he's just going to go, oh, I hate this sitcom. Does he hate it? I don't know. Maybe that's not a fair example, but definitely there are, like, yeah, like sure. great comedic minds who had to do a network sitcom, right. that, and they resent it. See, I would want to watch, like, uh, like Tour de Pharmacy or something with Andy Samberg, because I could picture him, like, at least laughing at the other people in it and, yes. like, really appreciating the things that other people put in the movie. And that's a passion project that he loves. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just wants to see people laugh really hard at it. I think so. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's my uh, go-to. Do you want to do shows? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I think it's my turn to recap. Okay. Uh, and I apologize for the second one I picked. I didn't really realize it was a docudrama. Isn't it like, well, I didn't want to spoil anything about it. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the other one. Okay, sure. Uh, so hopefully you can recap uh, recap that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap the first episode of The End of the Effing World. Should I say the effing world or should I say the word? Because they do censor the the word even in the in the titles. I think you, you know... Go with God. Okay. Do your, you know, do whatever you want. It's a new Netflix. Your uh, name's on the podcast. Half hour dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will recap the uh, the first episode of that on Go. All right. I have got the timer up in three, two, one, go. James is a very weird young boy who is a uh, self-professed psychopath. He enjoys killing things like the neighbor's cat, other animals. Uh, and he decides he wants to kill something bigger, like, say, a human. Interestingly, this very behaviorally troubled girl named Alyssa comes up um, up to him in the cafeteria and is like, hey, let's hang out. He's like, hey, maybe I'll kill her. Mm-hmm. She uh, says, come over tomorrow and we will do sexual things. He thinks, oh, that's when I'm going to kill her. She comes over instead and says, let's run away together. He punches his dad in the face and steals his car and they run away together. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Very concise. I've watched the first three episodes of this show now. I finished it. Oh, no way. All in one night. No way. Yeah. Okay, so I just watched the third episode, and I won't spoil anything, but a crazy thing happens at the end of the third episode. Yes. And I wasn't totally sure if I was going to keep up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, end of the second one, I was like, this is really great. Mm-hmm. It knows what it is. Yeah. But it's so dark. It is so like, dark. When a thing happens in the public restroom, I'm like, oh, this is this show goes there. Right. And I appreciate that it goes there, but I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. And so I took a chance, watched the third one, and it goes there even more. Yeah. But now I'm hooked. Right. And and yeah, I, I was really on board in like the I loved in the first episodes how devious he was. Yeah. About like, okay, I'm gonna kill her now. <laughs> like that just got me. It, well, yeah, it's really interesting because it's like he he calls himself a psychopath, but he's so empathic. Like he's yeah. he's full of emotions. Like it's so funny to me that it's really just a metaphor for hormones. Yeah, right? Like he's he's not he's not a psychopath. He's just highly emotional, which is the opposite of being a psychopath. Right. And you don't totally understand his reason. That he feels he like an way. outsider. He's a weirdo. He's a total weirdo. Yeah. But so is this other girl who's just a confident weirdo. Yes. And that's the opposite. Yeah. So it's based on uh, a graphic novel uh, by a guy named Charles Forsman, who I'd never heard of before, but he is called the left-handed Frank Miller. Oh, okay. That's his nickname. Interesting. And I don't really know from where that comes because Frank Miller is famous for his uh, beautiful detail yep. and his shading and his uh, his ominity. Uh, and this is ominous, but in such an, a, a comedic way. And also the art. I looked up the artwork. It's very uh, uh, simplistic. It's minimalistic, almost in like, it's, it's even more minimal than like Scott Pilgrim art. It looks like Beetle Bailey. It's oh, like really? very silly doodles. It looks like doodles. Okay. And so I don't know if it's the left-handed Frank Miller because it's the opposite of Frank Miller. Right. Or if that means something deeper that like I don't if understand. if Frank Miller tried using his left hand, it would just look like that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah. the subject matter is... But the subject matter is still more uh, silly than Frank Miller. I mean, it's, oh, definitely, it's yeah. off off the wall, mm-hmm. and it definitely has darkness in it, like yep. you know, like child molestation and, and murderous urges. Yep. 
but it's not about politics. It's not about uh, slavery. It's no. just it's just about teenagers. I, I thought it was a cool move by BBC to make this into a show. Yeah, like they really kind of went out on a limb. They they did get some kind of kind of stars. Like they have someone from Game of Thrones in it. Who was that? The uh, guy with the house. I don't know if you you might not have been introduced to the character yet. Okay. And uh, but it's it's. Uh, it's not really a spoiler alert. It's it's one of the police officers who's investigating the murder afterwards. Okay, I see. Um, and the other person... Oh, uh, so James was in an episode of Black Mirror last season called Shut Up and Dance. Interesting. And it was one of the more creepy episodes of Black Mirror that kind of stuck with people. He played young Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game. Oh, no way. Which I can kind of see. I, I didn't even know that. And he uh, he seemed so young in this this other show like and he still seems young like he doesn't he's seem like he's 17 18. the actor is 22 he's 22 the actress is 25 really she's like almost my age and she looks 17 she looks a lot older uh in the uh okay i'm not spoiling anything here but they change their their looks a little bit okay. after that they, they kind of like try to create disguises sure. right anyways so when she has like the long dark hair, she I found she looked older. Okay. Yeah. I love her accent. It is. So, I don't know if that's her real yeah. voice or if like. I th- I bet it is. It probably is. It's very well done either way. It's like so sloppy and British. It, isn't it funny how in every BBC show, like there's always like one British person and one Scottish. Like is she Scottish or Irish? I think she's really just Cockney. Like, really? I think okay. so. It always seems like you know, and like. Uh, and like shows about school and be on BBC, like one of the teachers is inevitably from Scotland and they're all just kind of like teaching amongst you, or maybe they're all actually from England. So without spoiling anything for the listener, uh-huh. uh, and knowing I got to episode three, I think I looked away at one point and maybe missed a detail. Okay. They're on the road trip to go find her father. Yes. And they get to a place Yes. and a thing happens. Uh-huh. Is that her father? No. Okay, I didn't think so. No, no, no. I was I thought he was, and then the thing happened, no. and I was like, no. They're just be. looking for a place along the way to basically squat. Right. And she does her homework on on breaking and entering and checks all the main things that would allude to it being a vacant house. Is there any real indicator by the end of the series why it's called the end of the fucking world? No, cuz it doesn't really feel like that's what the show is about. No. Other other than that being young Everything feels like the end of the fucking world when when you're young, but like it's. I it's, think maybe that's it. Like that's a that's very loose though. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. not specific enough. It seems like there could be a cleverer title. Yeah, there's for no tie for something there, so specific. There's no apocalypse pending at any point. I didn't think that, but I thought maybe there would be some like monologue over the closing credits. That's like well, youth right. is like the end of the world. One thing that I read today, which I thought was interesting, and tell me if you picked up on it, was. Alyssa is always speaking in present tense, narrating in present tense, and uh, James is always narrating in past tense. That's really interesting. I didn't pick up on that at all while I watched every single episode. That's really interesting. She does. She. Do, I can hear that in my head. I can yeah. definitely hear her narration. Yeah. They both narrate the show and speak their feelings. Yeah, speak their feelings in their mind, which yeah. I thought was a cool way of doing it. And she's super like original. Really really stylistically unique yeah. and I I definitely recommend it. Yeah. It's like dark uh it's it's a little bloody a couple times but only for like split seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh that's part of the style. Other than that it's just very like verbally gross. Yeah. And and really funny, really funny. Right. We can't overstate that enough. And kind of dry. Definitely dry. Uh, yeah, when she's in the in the first episode, when she's no, I think it's the second episode. She's in the diner. Yeah, and she says the f word. I think that's the first episode. Yeah. Man, that's funny. Yeah, great. I, yeah, it's called the end of the effing world. It's on Netflix, uh, and definitely give that thing my ass. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, I already watched it all. Yeah, so sure, I'd tell other people to watch it all at once too. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Is it is it uh, resolved at the end? Uh, do you want me to tell you? Don't, I mean, I'm just, not going to tell you what happens. Yeah, but. just like, do they leave it open for a second season or is it done? No, it's it's kind of left open. It's hard to tell exactly what's what. Just I the, will say I, I didn't love the end. By the premise alone, it feels like something that could be dragged into more yep. things just because the characters are compelling. Like, I think of 13 Reasons Why and it is so uh, formulaic. Like, the, the star of that show 
is how we break it down. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this episode is this tape. Mm-hmm. Same with Big Little Lies. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant how we break it down was like a person. <laughs> <laughs> no. How, Howard, how and he's a great down. dancer, and they call him How We Break It Down. <laughs> no, but like, and, and they're bringing back that show because it was popular and it was like a moment, and they're going to have to force a new storyline. Yeah. Same with Big Little Lies. It's right. going to feel very contrived. I can see early on that this is a show about these people and not about an event. Yeah. And so that that makes the the story more open. And and can I also say I don't think Big Little Lies was like the best show. Thank you. And did not deserve. I gave it like an honorable mention in my top 10, but it got all these awards. I think it's just because it had massive talent in it. Also Sign of the Times. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing. What was Okay, what was the show that I I turned to Jen and I was like it's obviously just going to get it right now. Oh, it's Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I was like of course they're going to give it to the Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale is this like haunting uh not fable but allegory about the dangers of letting some self-interested machine uh rule and govern the rights of oppressed groups of people can we stop celebrating it by giving trophies to a fucking scientologist <laughs> yeah every single like every single award show also there's Wait, only who's who's the scientologist elizabeth moss oh doesn't it that. feel like there's only been one season of hammy's tale doesn't it feel like they've been involved in like four golden globe cycles yeah how is this their golden globes i think it's because we're not that interested in the show and we're kind of tired of hearing of it i know it's good yeah i know it's miserable mm-hmm. and I think it's hypocritical to celebrate it with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. I didn't know she was a Scientologist. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. She is indeed. It does suck. We should have a Scientology alert on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really know I was so passionate about it until we started doing this podcast. It just kind of comes out on the podcast that I hate Scientology. Doesn't it suck? It does suck. Yeah. There's nothing good about it. That's a weird noise. Sorry, that was my ankle rubbing oh, up against okay. the chair. I thought it was like a dying cat or something. No. Well, also, I was stepping on your cat. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's fine. Let's do the other one. Okay, so the other one, um, I kind of want to find out the just the main two, two people's name in it. Uh, so, so I watched Frank, it like three weeks ago. Frank is this guy, and the talking head guy is Eric. Uh, okay, so, okay, right. Right? Right. Frank, Frank is Frank's dad. Frank Eric is, is Frank's dad. Uh, you may start the 30-second recap of this Netflix docudrama, which we've never done on the podcast before. No. Uh, I don't think called... there's many docudramas. At least not lately. It's kind of, I think it's a thing that used to exist. Okay. Uh, this idea that in, in lieu of existing footage, we're just going to talk to like one or two people. Right. And they're going to tell the story and we're going to reenact it with a, like a big Netflix budget mm-hmm. and uh, professional actors. It's called Wormwood. You can recap the pilot episode of that in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Frank is a biological scientist for the CIA. Um, At the beginning of the episode, it shows him fall fall or jump out of a window. No one really knows. Then it flips into documentary form where they're talking to his son, Eric. And Eric is talking about how he's always been plagued with, you know, why did my dad, did he fall or jump? Like, no one knows what happened here. Anyways, it torments him for life. Then he realizes that there was some CIA, CIA or FBI cover-ups um, with MK Ultra and mind control, and uh, they're trying to get to the bottom of it. I think, I think it's CIA. I think it's CIA too. Yeah. Um, I, I, until until it, I realized that this is a true story. Yeah. Uh, and this speaks a little bit to how articulate Eric is. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a scripted show, and this is like a character in the show that's telling... i was trying to figure it out at first yeah and then the the documentarian's name is errol something yeah errol yeah um and he's a really famous documentarian right um he did a uh documentary in the late 80s called thin blue line yeah which was all about uh a guy on death row and people believing a fake news story <laughs> fake, fake news interesting um anyways it was lauded as like one of the best documentaries of his stuff and he invented this other thing called the uh tele it's like a tele interoprompter he calls it so notice how in most documentaries you have the person kind of looking off to the side talking to whoever it is an interviewer who we don't know but he invented something where it's him like him in the camera cool interviewing the person across from him right so they're looking into the camera having the conversation with him that's what a teleprompter is it's the camera is literally behind the lens is behind the words right so that it looks like you're reading right into the person's right. living room yeah oh, that's really interesting he's he's definitely had that borrowed from him since 
Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think he 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 invented it like in the early nineties or something. Yeah. Yeah. Before I realized it was a true story and, and Eric was a real guy, mm-hmm. uh, and just I, I figured he was just like. It, I don't know. I, f- I figured there was like, I didn't think it was a mockumentary, but I figured he was doing like a CIA interview or something. Yeah. Uh, I started to get the feeling of, oh, another show about detectives and and, and right. it's a period piece. Yeah. I was just like, I was getting tired of it already. And then I realized what it was and I got a little bit more interested. Yeah. And I was wondering at the beginning, like, okay, is that the only part that's going to be dramatized in the whole show is like the dad f- coming out of the window at one point or is that but no they have this crazy thing where he takes lsd later on in the episode yeah not knowing he's no. like basically fed lsd right so basically <laughs> what happens is uh this guy frank either falls or jumps out a window in the 50s mm-hmm. 20 years later it comes out that he may have died as a result of a bit of a cia snafu he mm-hmm. may have died because the cops screwed up. And so this family of this father gets an official apology from the White House, which yeah. is unheard of. Gerald Ford invites them into the Oval Office and has a conversation with them and apologizes. Right. And so the son, and there's a few different kids. Yeah. He's they kind all of look alike. Most. Really yeah. Weird. Yeah. He's most fascinated about it. And I found him to be so bizarrely articulate. He told the story so well. Yeah. He said no ums. At one point, when he, I wrote down his phrasing of something. Uh, Rouette was a military guy and as soon as you got in his presence you thought oh my god I'm gonna do something wrong right and I was like what an incredible way to describe intimidation yeah. well and also it speaks to how much he must have turned this over in his mind yeah like he's had 40 years of thinking about every single detail that's right like, you can tell he's obsessed with the story of his father because yeah. it's it's messed him up it's messed his whole family up right or I at least affected them in a serious way i don't know how much i believe the meshing of the realness with the reenactments what do you mean believe i just have a hard time seeing them as the same unit i kind of felt like i was flipping between channels and there were separate stories that had nothing to do with one another like well it, it is a little bit jarring to go from you know a guy who's clearly not he does not have any sort of hollywood aesthetic right to him at all to going to like Peter Skarsgård and a well-lit kind of film noir style. Right. And that guy from Holes. But shouldn't (laughs) it have been, shouldn't it have been like a major goal of this director to fuse those seamlessly? Shouldn't, shouldn't they look the same if possible? Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's a docudrama. Like, are are they supposed to mesh together? Like, are they, I don't know. know. I haven't seen many docudramas. I'm not sure. I, I, I honestly thought this was like, genre defying at first i'm like is this the first tv show to do this no it's, i mean i guess i guess when you watch like a a hell's angels thing right on, on like a and e there's always that yeah that little like dramatized piece but they have actual they have peter skarsgård in it oh yeah he's like a a well-known it's cinematic yeah it's yeah. cinematic exactly yeah, it's very interesting. Even the opening credits, I find, oh, were so impressive. That's his fall to his yeah. death. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so cool. It's just him falling really the slowly, while and are, this yeah. creepy song is playing. Yeah, it's very, very cool. So an interesting thing happened where they've taken all the different parts of this story and spliced them together so that it would qualify for best documentary at the Academy Awards. Oh wow! A la OJ Made in right. America. Yeah. Now it seems to me that there was some ruling afterward that. They weren't going to take away ESPN's Oscar, obviously, for OJ, but they were going to say this isn't fair to other documentarians who had this. who had to keep to brevity. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I guess not because they were able to do that for for this show, Wormwood. So it did get in. It, well, no, or it's going to be considered. No, oh. and not because of its length, because there's too much dramatization. Oh, that it's not right. technically a documentary; it's a docudrama. Right, and so it's, it qualifies for all other categories it wants to submit for, right. but not documentary. Yeah, and it probably won't win because it's so heavily docu. Right. Why is it called Wormwood? Uh, it's referring to a passage in the Bible about oh, okay. how um, I w- I was reading this earlier, and and also you kind of get it in the first scene where he's reading the Bible. There is like a, a weird like a quote, trippy. but I didn't I didn't know what the quote was from and I didn't necessarily know what it had to do with the show. It's something about um, how 
in the Bible, Wormwood like puts like a bitterness over everything. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. Okay, I, I don't know why they chose to call the whole thing Wormwood. Or can you break down the Hamlet parallel for me? Because I didn't get that. They just kind of breezed through it. Yeah, I I don't I didn't really follow up with that either. I think it's the fact that his what is the story of Hamlet again? Well, like the, this this guy Eric is tortured by the death of his father. Right. So it's like the ghost of his father thing. Ghost of his father's haunting him. Yeah. But also uh, that everybody is like licking his palms, like including the White House. So yeah. like, he's suddenly like got all this attention and and appeasement and yet he has no peace right so that's what hamlet is but it, i still think that's kind of reaching a lot of people's fathers die yeah yeah i i thought that was a weird weird i couldn't make sense of it at the time either if it i makes thought it, i bad. thought it was reaching for sure what about um what did you think about his interviewing style which is 99 percent silent and then asks the weirdest questions <laughs> like, like what i think he at one point like it, it if it's not this exact question, it's a question that's akin to it. Okay. Like, he's like, and so then we went out for ice cream, and then the... the <laughs> what flavor? In, the interviewer says, like, what flavor? <laughs> that's right. Is that the actual yeah. question? No, it was... Uh, he would come over every night and have martinis with my mom, and he said, gin or vodka? Yeah, why? <laughs> and the guy goes, gin. I think gin. Yeah. Yeah, it was gin. Yeah, definitely gin. Like he dwelled on it for yeah, a second. I know. Why <laughs> did he, he goes that? and then he goes into and that was the start of my mom becoming an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, so it does matter. And I was talking to my sister's boyfriend about this because he's a huge fan of um, Errol, the the documentarian. Yeah. And he said that he's very famous for not saying anything and okay. just letting people. Like he's very good at just getting people to talk and just sitting back. Interesting. Not interfering at all. So you definitely get a taste of that in the first episode. You finished this show as well? No, I didn't finish it. I only watched the first episode. So you were not so hooked by it that... I, I would watch more of it for sure, but um, uh, Jen was not on board with it at all. And I'm trying to find time to finish that and Mindhunter because she keeps falling asleep during Mindhunter. I'm not going to give Wormwood my ass. It's no? Just, it was just lacking something for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interestingly done and probably not dissimilarly from a lot of these cold cases that uh -huh. people want to sink their teeth into it's it's, it's probably kind of, got something compelling about it but i just don't care it's got some crazy praise behind it at this point yeah which i find interesting too but yeah i i, I would never watch the show and say oh my god you're gonna love it you gotta watch it. i think you gotta get through a couple episodes which we don't do on the show right. usually um my friend told me hey have you watched wormwood you got it because it's really good okay um so with that in mind, I would give it my ass. All right. But with the first episode only in mind, I would say no. All right. Um, but I did finish Manhunt Unabomber. Yeah. That show was a really good watch. That's cool because not a lot of people are talking about it. No, it it uh, I saw it made. It was on some of the top 50 lists. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it. It, it was like enough kind of... Uh, I don't know. It, it was done by Discovery, I think, originally. Mm -hmm. And then they have all those kind of like cheesy commercial fade outs and then fade back in. Oh, no way. Yeah. So it's like set for I guess, commercials yeah. to run. But it got picked up by Netflix. Like but it got picked up by yeah. Netflix. And it's got amazing actors in it. It's got um, Paul Bettany's in it. Okay. Um, who's in, I think we were talking about this yeah, a little bit. Like maybe the Da Vinci episode. Code. And yeah. So yeah. He's Wimbledon. an incredible actor. And he plays. Yeah. Oh, he's in the Avengers too. He plays. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He plays um, uh, the Unabomber. Yeah. And uh, the the guy who plays the cop, he was uh, in Avatar. He was really good. There's just like a very talented cast. Oh, uh, Duplass is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and he is amazing as uh, as the brother of Paul Bettany. As, as Playing the brother a serious guy. And he knocks it out of the park. Like I, I was sitting with Jen and at one point I just said, shout out to Duplass because he is like, Probably the best actor on the show. Isn't that interesting? It's so exciting when people yeah. surprise you like Although that. Paul Bettany was like as good as you want him to be. He's like a thespian. Yeah. 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 Like he's, he's like a Shakespeare guy, actually. Probably. Yeah. All right, man. A uh, couple S's going around. A couple a uh, little less less excited uh, reviews, but that's mm -hmm. okay. That's what the podcast is. It's that's a, right. It's a new year for crying out loud. We haven't done uh, trivia in a little while. Do you want to do a question? Yeah, for sure. Okay. If you know the answer... To this question, tweet us at Show Show Podcast, and we will give you a shout out on the podcast. That's as good as we got for prizes right now. We're dedicating the episode to you. Uh, oh, this one's easy. 
Who moved into Fraser's condo to live with him? <sighs> We've even talked about that on this podcast. If you go back and listen to the Fraser podcast of the show show, mm-hmm. you will definitely you hear the answer. It was Buttons the Dog and somebody else. Who moved into Fraser's condo to live with him? We will discuss that on next week's episode of the show show. I don't have a, like a great Will Smith tidbit, except I did see a headline this week. Uh, which described him as uh, running the risk of being the next Tom Cruise. And I thought about that. <laughs> Isn't he already there? Well, or is it because we've just put him there, but like prematurely? Well, it's interesting. Like I, I thought of like, what is the risk of being the next Tom Cruise? Like having tons of money and not having to work that hard? Right. Or like, I mean, Tom Cruise kind of does work really hard in his own way. But like, is is this article defining Tom Cruise as soulless and a sequel junkie? I don't know. I mean, that's not the worst thing you can be. Why aren't we seeing Will Smith on, like, Jimmy Fallon yucking it up, kind of old He did that style. before Christmas. He did was, he? He was going around a little bit, yeah. Okay. And he, was he kind of being gregarious and like, ha-ha, yeah, I have this yeah, cool he's story. Being, like, about, so loud. He's being and, Will Smith. Yeah, he's kind of too much. He's also an actor. He is an actor, which means he lies for a living. That's right. Vis-a-vis never trust Will Smith. <laughs>